Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Last week and beginning this week, we are looking at a conference message that was given by Gordon B. Hinckley titled, Keeping the Temple Holy. This was a talk that he gave back in April of 1990 in General Conference. It was to a general priesthood meeting on a Saturday night. And what that means is he was speaking only to LDS male priesthood holders. Now, this talk can be found in the Ensign Magazine, May 1990, which is the conference edition. They do that twice a year. It used to be the Ensign Magazine. Now they call it the Leahona. But he was talking about the importance of Latter-day Saints holding a temple recommend and what that recommend really means. First of all, the definition of the recommend is you are recommended to be able to participate in LDS temple ceremonies, primarily the endowment ceremony. But this means is you've gone through an interview with your ecclesiastical leaders and you have answered all the questions correctly, which allows you to get in to the temple. And we're going to talk about that today. Yesterday, we were talking about the word defile, because if something is unclean and goes into the temple, the temple becomes defiled. And according to the Doctrine and Covenants in section 97, that means the Lord doesn't show up. Now, those words, if they mean anything at all, would seem to hint that if there's someone going through the temple in your group, that maybe that's going to affect everybody else's blessing, you would think, because the Lord wouldn't be there. I guess as long as you think you're being blessed by the Lord and you think the Lord was there, even though he wasn't, that's okay. Of course, that doesn't sound right. And so we're just trying to understand these words as Latter-day Saints are to understand the words. And that's why we went to a website where a Latter-day Saint by the name of Oak Norton gave us his explanation of what that word defile means and how that applies to the Latter-day Saint. We're into Hinckley's talk, and now he's going to talk about what he calls this small document, which, of course, is the Temple Recommend in this context. He said, this small document, simple in its appearance, certifies that the bearer has met certain precise and demanding qualifications and is eligible to enter the house of the Lord and there participate in the most sacred ordinances administered anywhere on earth. Let me stop you there, Eric, because this becomes important. As Hinckley has stated, it is in this house of the Lord, and this can only be temples that are owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He says that in that house of the Lord, you are participating in the most sacred ordinances administered anywhere on earth. That sounds pretty important. And so I can understand if that's really true, why Gordon B. Hinckley would feel like he needs to refer to Doctrine and Covenants section 97 about defilement and about unclean things entering it. Well, of course, if 
you are a fallen human being, that becomes a problem, we would think. But apparently, these words really don't mean what we think they mean. Somehow, I think Gordon B. Hinckley himself and maybe other Latter-day Saints are not taking those words as seriously as perhaps they should. But notice here where he says that the bearer has met certain precise and demanding qualifications and is eligible to enter the house of the Lord. Last week, Eric, you had mentioned how Jesus is our temple recommend. In other words, he was the one that met certain precise and demanding qualifications. What is that? He kept the whole law. That's why we can look to him and rightly declare him to be our Savior. He is our Savior and our God. He kept the whole law. This is why, as Christians, we believe we turn to Jesus, we trust in what he did, his works, not our works. His works, his righteousness, becomes our righteousness. And as we explained last week, this is a a very important doctrine that Christians hold to, known as the doctrine of imputation. His righteousness is imputed to us. But notice how Hinckley makes it very clear that they're not trusting in what Christ has done in keeping the entire law. He is referring to the bearer, the individual Latter-day Saint, who has, quote, met certain precise and demanding qualifications that make him eligible. So it falls on the shoulders of the Latter-day Saints to be righteous in order to participate in the temple. And as we also mentioned last week, folks, That is just the opposite of why Jews went to the temple in Jerusalem. They didn't go there feeling that they were righteous. They went there because they knew they were unrighteous. So if a Latter-day Saint tries to imply that what they do in their temples and its significance reflects that of the Old Testament, that just isn't true. This is not a restoration of things done anciently at all. I want to say demanding qualifications, which are the 15 temple recommend questions that are asked that we talked about last week. But the word that really bothers me is, and is eligible to enter the house of the Lord. That doesn't guarantee any kind of uh, celestial kingdom. I'm eligible to be in the NFL. I'm eligible to be the president of the United States. And I'm eligible to be a lot of things, but I'm never going to be able to attain that. I'm just wondering how many Latter-day Saints think they're eligible to get into the celestial kingdom, and they have to keep all the commandments. How often? All the time. We've talked about that all the time. And and I think that is the false sense of security many Latter-day Saints may have. And I think think Hinckley kind of addresses this later on in his talk, that If you have a recommend, that means you're morally qualified. Well, morally qualified for the temple, but does that mean you're really keeping celestial law? And celestial law has been defined by LDS leaders and manuals as keeping all the laws and commandments, completely repenting of all your sins. You are qualified for the celestial kingdom. The only way you get into the celestial kingdom, according to LDS theology, is you keep celestial law. But yet, I want to bring this up again, when we talk with Latter-day Saints and we ask them if they are keeping celestial law, rarely will we ever have a Latter-day Saint who will boast that they do. Most of the time, it's they're trying or they're doing their best. In other words, they're not doing it. Well, if you're not doing it, wouldn't that mean that there's some kind of sin in your life? And is that sin enough to defile the temple when you enter it? 
which means according to section 97 in the Doctrine and Covenants, the Lord's not going to show up. Again, folks, we're just taking their words, trying to understand it from their perspective. We're not trying to inject any type of theology here. We want these words to explain to us what Latter-day Saints are supposed to believe on this important subject. He goes on and says, these ordinances are concerned not only with the things of life, but with the things of eternity. Only in the house of the Lord is the fullness of the everlasting priesthood exercised with authority reaching beyond the veil of death. Then he continues, Here is taught the great plan of man's eternal journey. Here are solemnized covenants, sacred and everlasting. Entering the temple is a privilege to be earned and not a right that automatically goes with church membership. Do you notice we're hearing a lot about earning things, being eligible? You, you have to do things. For a Christian who has heard many times Latter-day Saints tell me that they are saved by grace, you can see, folks, that they are defining that very differently than the way we would define it. If you have to do certain things, and consistently, I might add, to be eligible to go into the temple, would it not make sense that you have to do the same to get into the celestial kingdom? Well, of course, and I don't think Hinckley is, is hiding that at all. He's obviously making a comparison here that this is what you need to do to be qualified to go into the temple. And of course, living this kind of life is also what qualifies you to get into the celestial kingdom. But then he goes on in the next line to say, how does one earn that privilege? By obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. Now, I'm going to read you a statement from 17th President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Russell M. Nelson. He said this back in 2010. It was an article that was in a special edition of the Ensign Magazine, that's page 42, where he said, Obedience to the sacred covenants made in temples qualifies us for eternal life, the greatest gift of God to man. Now, notice also, the greatest gift of God to man. It's a gift, but yet it's your obedience that allows you to have the gift. So it's not a one-way exchange here, as we were discussing last week. By obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. And of course, Eric, what would we ask after a Latter-day Saint says that he gets the privilege by obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel? We would ask, well, how many laws and ordinances must you keep? And naturally, the answer is all of them, because temple covenants include keeping all the commandments. That's a part of it. Just as when you were baptized into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you promised to keep all the commandments. It's the same. You repeat something very similar, though there's, there's some other things added to it as well, but basically it's keeping all the commandments. He continues and says, as you know, it is expected that everyone who applies for a temple recommend will be asked certain specific questions to determine his or her worthiness. It goes without saying that there must be total honesty on the part of those who are interrogated. Let me stop you there. Interrogated. That's an interesting word that Hinckley inserts there, because normally when you hear the word interrogated, you think of a person sitting on a stool, maybe with his hands tied behind his back with a heat lamp on him, and being asked all these difficult questions, you would assume. Interrogated. But then he says, the questions are not to cause embarrassment and should not do so, but 
but Eric, if you were being asked by your ecclesiastical leader, if you're doing all these things that are found in those various questions that we, that we read off last week, wouldn't you be embarrassed? Shouldn't you be embarrassed? I mean, if he were to ask you, are you paying a full tithe? And that is one of the questions. It doesn't say strive. It says you need to be doing it and you're not doing it. I would think you should be embarrassed within the context of Mormonism, of course. The idea of being interrogated, there's a lot of questions that aren't being asked. If you want to interrogate somebody, let's ask them about how they're doing with their pride. How are they doing with their relationship with their neighbors or their wife or their children? There's other questions that are not being asked. I'm not sure I would use the word interrogated for what actually takes place in a Temple Recommend interview. Well, tomorrow we're going to continue looking at this talk that was given by Gordon B. Hinckley called Keeping the Temple Holy, and we're going to talk some more about one of the requirements, which of course is being a full tithe payer. This is what Gordon B. Hinckley brings up, and as I mentioned, this is not something that they're merely to strive doing. They are to do it. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism. Pastor, could your congregation benefit from a presentation that explains the differences between Mormonism and New Testament Christianity? MRM's Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson would be honored to come to your church. Whether it's a single crash course or a weekend symposium, hundreds of churches have benefited from their fully documented and easy-to-understand PowerPoint presentations. If you'd like to schedule MRM at your church, simply write us at contact at mrm.org. Again, that's contact at mrm.org.